welcome everyone to a new episode of Improper Mimi. It is I, your host, Mimi Jacks, and we are here to talk about things that empower women at home, work, or play. And I have a guest with us today, and I'm really excited because it's been a while since I've recorded an episode, so I'm really excited to um, have our guest here with us today so we could bring you some information, and we're actually going to be talking about our finances today. So please join me in welcoming Felicia Kapal, and thank you for being with us today. So thank you so much for inviting me. I'm really looking forward to today. Yes, absolutely. Me too. Why don't we start with um, you telling us, Felicia, a little bit about yourself and why it is that you love what you do. Sure. So I am um, Felicia Gopal. I am a financial coach and I used to describe myself as a financial advisor. And I now calling myself a financial coach because what I realized that implicit inside of coach is somebody who educates you, somebody who motivates you, someone who gets you to uh, do the things that you need to do for your finances. Whereas when I was when I was describing myself as a financial advisor, I was really about serving you, um, but I was really serving you through the products that I was offering and the services that I was offering. So I'm really making a distinction between who I was and how I described myself before and how I describe myself now. Oh, cool. And I do like that, a coach um, kind of coaching and guiding and training me on the way to go as opposed to like an advisor be like okay this is what you should do I recommend you to do and like you say talking about the products and things that are available to people um, and be, and maybe even we can not so much get into products but what is a product because you know some people you know I, I mentioned we're talking about finances but some people you know you put product in your hair and that is not what we're talking about <laughs> when we're talking about you know like financial products <laughs> Yeah, so the way that I describe it, and I like to use analogies because analogies kind of give people a word picture of what it is that I'm talking about. So what I do as a financial coach is I concentrate on your swing, your financial swing, as opposed to the clubs that you need to uh, to do things. So the clubs are things like your 401k, your your Roth, your life insurance, your those sorts of things. But the most important thing is your financial swing and making sure you have the correct swing. I have a um, nephew who is autistic and he's really, really great at um, his swing. And he is always driving it straight down the thing. It doesn't go off to the side like the rest <laughs> of us. He just has uh -huh. a natural flow and he's just following it through. And so what I really try and concentrate on is helping people get their financial swing in order. And, um, you know, the products that we might need to, um, we might need to implement come from the clubs. And so if you we're playing in the uh, Masters, and I have, and I can wave my magic wand for you. Um, <laughs> would you prefer to have uh, the perfect swing like my nephew, or would you prefer to have custom fit clubs? Mm, mm, hmm. I I don't know. I kind of like maybe the swing because I feel like the swing and the power and the skill of knowing how to play the game of golf and how to, you know, control the clubs, then whatever clubs I have, whether they're custom made or whether they're, you know, I found at a garage sale, at least I know how to hold that club and make it do what I want to do and make it hopefully go straight. 
<laughs> Absolutely. And that's really why I focus on your financial swing as opposed to the clubs. I mean, I could, sir, I could provide the clubs. Anybody out there can provide the mm -hmm. clubs. You can get them from Fidelity, Vanguard, American Funds. You can get the clubs that you need from anybody, but the having the swing um, so that you're able to manage the clubs is really the most important things, just as you said. Oh, good. Yay. And I love the golf <laughs> analogy because it is springtime. Yeah. It is, you know, time to get back outside. Now, you usually probably have great weather all the time on the West Coast, but over here in New York, uh, we're just finally getting some warm weather, you know, some weather that could be enjoyable. Hopefully go out and get some swings out there soon. <laughs> absolutely. Um, absolutely. Yeah. So the other thing that you asked about is you asked about why do I love doing what I do? And yeah. um, it's really about um, the conversation that you and I um, initially set up, which is that people don't like to talk about money. I mean, they really don't. Right. And women in particular, we don't like to talk about money. And if you come mm -hmm. from a black or brown community like I do, we were often raised to not talk about money. But since yeah. money drives everything else in your finances, you got to get comfortable talking about money. And, mm -hmm. uh, and so that's why I love it is it's an opportunity for me to get women to talk about something that they're really uncomfortable talking about. And I think that that's key and critical and makes a difference because when you start to talk about money, then you have the opportunity to look at what it is that you're doing. Because when you're not talking about money, you tend to hide um, what yeah. you're, what you're doing. And I think that we need to bring your money conversation into the light. Right. There's so much power and knowledge and in knowing what it is that you got, not just that you're making money, you're living paycheck to paycheck maybe, or that you're stashing money away, but to really know the health of your money and to know what your goals are. When you're working with your clients and you're working with women, like, do you find that they have a goal in mind? I mean, maybe maybe that they're initiating the conversation because they want to buy a house or maybe because they're in debt and they want to finally get out of debt. But I, I don't know. What do, what do you usually come across if women um, have a goal in mind or not for what they're trying to do? So generally, if you're, they're talking to me, something has happened in their life that has mm. them talk to me, you know, because otherwise people will just do what they've been doing because it's mm. been working for them. But oftentimes there's something that's happened. So um, somebody might talk to me because they're getting ready to retire. So that's their goal. Somebody um, is, has decided that they want to buy a house. And so that's their goal. And so somebody wants to um, send their kids to school and that's their goal. So oftentimes people um, will reach out to somebody like myself because they have a goal and they haven't figured out how they're going to get there. Um, they don't really know how to navigate that. And so they they reach out to me and so they start to open the conversation. But again, if you talk to me, I'm going to open the conversation more than that one thing. I'm going <laughs> to open the conversation. So we're going to be looking at all of the things. Because one of the things that I often will say to people is, you know what? It, it, if I just talk to you about this one thing, 
I could be breaking something else that you are doing over here. Right. So I've got to talk to you about all of the pieces because all of the pieces kind of need to fit together so that you can get to where you want to go. I don't want to break something over here because I haven't talked right. about it. I want to know about all of the pieces. And it's really about opening the conversation um, beyond the the um, the container that a particular person might um, reach out to me about. Certainly, I can help you pay off your debt. Certainly, mm -hmm. I can help you retire. Certainly, I can make sure you've got all of those sorts of things. But um, let's also do them in order and let's do them in a balanced way. And the other thing that I also like to talk about is let's have your money be in alignment with your purpose, which I think is something mm -hmm. that a lot of financial advisors don't really talk to their clients about, but I'm a big person on having my money in alignment with what I'm trying to do so that I can help them get to the goals that they want and have their money be in alignment with that. So sometimes yeah. they'll call me up and say, Felicia, I want to do this. And I go back to their purpose. And I was just like, is that in alignment with your purpose? You know, and they're just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's not. <laughs> right, right. They just make it so excited yeah. and caught up and like, ooh, I heard about this new thing or I want to try this thing. And, they, you know, they just need that guidance and remembrance to be like, oh, yeah, I was working towards this particular goal. Let's stay on that path. <laughs> yeah, let's stay on that path. Because the reality is, uh, you know, unless you win the lottery, um, mm -hmm. we don't always have the resources to do everything that we want to do. So we need to do the most important things. And so if you... Right talk to people about their purpose, um, then everything, it fits inside of that. And so is this to your purpose and can we put something on the back burner for now? We'll get to it eventually, maybe, mm -hmm. and, but um, we may not need to work on it right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's important for, for women to know, even if, you know, listeners have not thought about, you know, perhaps what their goal is and they're just going through life, you know, just, you know, regular, just not even really thinking about things. But, you know, this is also the time where, you know, people may be getting bonuses at their jobs or they may get a tax refund or something coming up soon. Um, or even, you know, unfortunately, different things may happen with people's health that may um, also dictate or be a trigger to um, someone now thinking about their finances. And, you know, with with so much going on, it's, it's pretty easy to feel overwhelmed about it. Um, but, you know, the important thing would be to have someone to talk to, um, may not always be our parents or our family. Um, but hopefully we have someone who's encouraging us to, you know, think about money and talk about money in, in a way that we're not afraid or ashamed to, you know, um, that well, I think that that's the whole thing that I would say, and I would I would piggyback on what you just said, because the not talking about money often comes from a place of shame or embarrassment. There's a I've had conversations with women. It's just like, I can't talk to you until I finish this. And I was just like, I don't want you to wait until you finish this, because if it takes you another five years to do that, then you've got five years that you didn't, um, that you weren't working on. So I tell mm -hmm. people it's not about necessarily um, about um, waiting until the perfect time, because we all know that there is no perfect time. And mm -hmm. I was just like, I want to get you in action today. 
as opposed to five years from now. And I tell the story about my mother. My mother um, was working at a military base and they closed, they were telling people that they're going to close the military base. And so they said, okay, you can, um, if you haven't gotten your degrees, we'll give you the time off while you're working to get your degrees and, and all the rest of that. So she sat there and she got her, she finished her bachelor's degree and then she went back and got a master's degree. And she was even considering getting a PhD and we thought that was fun because we can call her Dr. Mom, but you know what she did. <laughs> but the uh-huh. thing about it is um, she took the time to do that and um, there was somebody who was sitting at the next desk next to her who watched her do all of that. And when they closed the military base, she was just like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? I, I don't have a degree. There's nobody who's going to pay me at you know my age this amount of these types of wages with no degree. And um, my mother and I were talking about and we were saying so that regardless of whether or not you do or do not do something, time is going to pass. So, you know, uh, this lady had five years to get a degree. Um, my mother got the degree. Um, or you, so what I say is you could be five years older you, or you could be five years older with a, a goal accomplished. I would prefer that you would be somebody who is five years older and has a goal accomplished. And so it's inside of that. I also talk about, um, I, I, uh, I was saying that one of the things that keeps people from doing or talking to people like me is they feel like they need to have X amount of money in order to do it. You know, it's just like, I have to wait until I have a good chunk of money before I can talk to Felicia. And I say, no, no. When I first got started, <laughs> I actually got started with $5 a month. And people, mm-hmm. my friends, I will tell you honestly, my friends were like, why bother Felicia? It's like, <laughs> that's not even worth it. But what I was mm-hmm. trying to do is I was trying to get into a habit of putting right. money aside for myself. And I figured that getting into a habit, no matter what, where you are in terms of what you can do, is better than not getting into the habit. So even if you have to start with a modest amount, start with a modest amount. Don't figure that you have to have X amount of money before you, you get started. Right. Yeah. And that brings back such a good point, too, because, you know, and even us, we met through, you know, like women of color, you know, podcasters. And I'm also active, um, a moderator with the Black Podcasters Association. And one of the books that we just finished in our book club was um, James Cleary or no, James Clear, um, The Atomic Habits. And that was exactly Mm -hmm. one of the points that he was making. He's like, start doing something for two minutes and then you're, and it's not just that you're doing it and stopping it for two minutes. It's that you're beginning a habit. You know, you're, you're getting comfortable with, okay, I need to get on the bike and then I get off the bike. You know, you're at least getting used to the idea of getting on that bike. And so even the $5 a month is really getting you into the habit of saving of doing yes. something with your money, of setting something aside from what you normally get. And then once you're used to doing that, then you could just increase the level, you know, as you go and it, it'll just become a second habit. You won't even miss it. <laughs> no, you won't because I don't know. Do you remember when you first got started with your, um, with a retirement plan at work? Mm-hmm. 
do you remember how much you started? I remember it was like, I might have said it was like $25, $50. And I remember at the time, I was like, oh my God, how am I going to live without that $50? And then right. you, you get used to it and then you increase it and then you increase it and then you increase it. And now you're like, I can't believe how much I'm saving into my retirement account as opposed to when you first got started. So you're right. Yeah. Um, when you first get started, you're thinking, oh my goodness, how am I going to live without that? But after you yeah. get into the habit, it's just a habit. It's just gone. You don't really think about it. It's building up and you're just a happy camper. Exactly. Yeah. I can remember being um, a single mom. I was young and, you know, every penny counts. Every penny, you know, you want to... Um, you know, provide for the child or, you know, you know, food, daycare, clothes, all that good stuff. Um, but I knew the importance of like, okay, my job, and this is, <laughs> this is me, but my job is to raise this child and then let her go. Right. So yes. what about me? Who's going to take care of me? Like I need something for me. So, um, even, even seeing, you know, like, man, it just feels like my money's going here and there. And I'm like, okay, I got to get this under control. And, and, kind of like tighten that belt and okay, let's put something aside. You know, we have something for retirement. Um, and then, yeah, even at that time too, you know, I was young coming out of college and everything. And I was like traveling all over the world. I was like having so much fun. And then I'm like, oh yeah, I got to pay off those credit cards, huh? Okay. Let's, let's get serious <laughs> here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, so, yeah. So those, um, those habits that we create for ourselves, they really are important and they help to, to shape who we are and our, the health of our finances going forward. Yeah. And it, the other thing that I see in our communities in particular is we have, we're, we're women who do, we're women who take action. We're women who will figure things out. But the mm -hmm. thing about your finances, unless you grew up um, talking about finances and, and having those conversations, oftentimes you, we don't know how to navigate. And the reality is I will talk to people and they will say, oh, you know, I went online and I found whatever. I said, that's great. And those people know nothing about your finances. They're giving you general advice and it doesn't, it's not uh, specific to your situation. Like I was talking to my husband and he was talking about somebody that he had seen or heard on the radio. I said, you know what? I, and he was talking about this particular person and I have, you know, I have an opinion about that person, but it, you know, <laughs> whatever. But, um, but he, he was just like, well, so-and-so says that we need to do that. I said, do you understand that we are not his typical customer? We, you know, mm. he's telling us, telling you that we need to do whatever. I go, that's contrary to what I've already planned for us. And it really <laughs> breaks what we're doing, you know? And he was like, mm -hmm. oh, really? And I was just like, that's the problem with trying to take general advice and applying it to your situation. I really right. encourage people to sit down and talk to somebody. doesn't have to be me. There's lots of other people who do what I do across the world. But don't try and navigate this whole thing on your own. The other thing, um, and I have to talk about my, my, my ladies, is you guys don't want to pay anything. And I get that. I get that. But the thing is, you'll pay for other types of services. This is just a service alongside of, you know, getting your nails done, getting your hair done and everything else. 
and it's mm-hmm. you know talking to an attorney for a particular issue this is just one of those services that yeah you got to pay for and it's probably not as much as you think it is right yeah it'll be a, a small amount when you think about you know the long term of what you're trying to achieve with this yeah yeah, yeah the long term impact is a small cost yeah, yeah. The same with, you know, taking our mental health into care um, and with, you know, just making sure that our, our bodies, our mind and everything is set. Again, you'll keep hearing us say the health of your finances. You want to make sure that that is also set because that is going to um, provide a foundation for you to springboard onto everything else that you need to, to take care of yourself with. You know, it's funny. One of the somebody once asked me, "Why do I do what I do?" And I said there were really three things that um, three things that impacted my decision. Um, one is I saw a statistic that says that um, going on the current trajectory of our of the black community, we will have a negative self worth by the year twenty. I think it was 58. I was just like, well, that's completely unacceptable. And they said that we are also 228 years behind um, the white community now. And I was just like, well, if we're 228 years behind them now, if we keep on living, we're just, it's going to just get worse and worse. And then the third thing is I heard that um, 90% of women are going to be the sole custodian of their money at some point in their life. And I was just mm-hmm. like, those are like three things that really just have a huge impact on us as um, investors and women and all the rest of that. We make less than men. I mean, there's just like all of these particular statistics that we need to yeah. be um, cognizant of and take into consideration and um, and and start to move forward. So all of those things really have an impact on why I do what I do and why I think it's important. Yes, yeah. And it's great that you, you work with particularly, you know, women in, in either our communities or for women going through no matter what stage of their life of helping them to feel comfortable and secure about being able to talk about money. Um, I think for for me personally, my family maybe didn't talk about it so much growing up. Um, money in the house and the family, um, you know, that's grown folks' business. You know, just, just right. stay out of grown folks' business, you know? Yes. Um, but I know, like, raising my daughter, I try to, and, it, you know, especially raising her on my own, you know, I had to have, you have to have those conversations with them um, of saving money, of making money. Um, and kind of tailoring their expectations as well, too, throughout college and her as a young working professional of, okay, now you are making money and what do you do with it? You know, yes. so being transparent enough and comfortable enough to talk about my situation with her helps to teach her how to deal with money. Um, and, you know, with the hopes of, either her and her friends or, you know, her family, that they will also be able to um, be comfortable and secure and not afraid to ask questions. So asking professionals like yourself, um, asking questions at work, you know, making sure that you're getting everything that you're supposed to be getting um, is very important, I think, even that we share our children too, to make sure that they are. Absolutely. I remember my husband and I sat down with um, my youngest turned 18, 
uh, last year and my husband's a spreadsheet guy. So he comes with mm-hmm. the spreadsheet. Um, we're sitting down, we've just finished dinner and he's like showing them, this is what we got. You know, this is where we got it. We've got, and I, I remember, um, I knew it was coming, but I re- still remember being a little bit shocked because there was no way my mother and father would have done that. You know, <laughs> you know, my father was an accountant, so he was a spreadsheet guy, but it wouldn't uh-huh. have dawned on him to take his spreadsheets and show it to the, to his children. Right. It just wouldn't have dawned on him. And so I, you know, I mean, inside of this conversation, I was really kind of patting myself on the back about, you know, we're teaching our kids to talk about money. But then um, I went to something shortly thereafter and I realized that even though I don't, uh, we're comfortable talking to our kids about money, there are still parts of my world, of my life that I still don't talk about money. I, mm-hmm. you know, I'm still my mother's child, so it's still disrespectful to ask my mother, but my mother's in her 80s and I don't know really how set up she is, which means mm-hmm. that if something were to happen, I don't know if we're going to have to step in. Um, you know, we had her do her wills or trusts and all that sort of stuff is done. But again, the, the paperwork is done, but we don't really have the knowledge of what she has done or not done and, and the impact that it's going to have on our finances. So that's, that's one area that I realized that even though I talk about money all the time, I'm still not talking about money with my mother. And then I was thinking about, I'm in a black CFP group, so I'm a certified financial planner. So there's a group of us and we get together on a monthly basis and we talk about, you know, whatever we talk about. But um, I invited um, one of the people in the group to come to our, um, come to a meeting. And um, he was saying that, oh, when we were talking about the do not talk, you know, the no talk rule, we as CFP professionals aren't talking really about the numbers. We're talking about the Mm. actions that we're taking, but we're not really talking about the numbers. And so he was inviting us to start talking about our numbers, you know, how many prospects, how many clients, how much, you know, how much that, that, you know, like talk about the numbers. So it's, Mm. I, I just thought it was really funny that even inside of the do not talk world that I thought I was mastering, that there's still areas that I am still not talking about the money. And so, uh, you know, I've really just been encouraging myself to really just be, because I realize when you're talking about your numbers, you're really vulnerable, you know? So there's the whole expectation. There's the, have I done enough? Is this going to be enough? Um, You know, the comparison to what somebody else has done. All of those sorts of things are inside of the conversation about money and and is one of the root causes why people don't like to talk about their money. Right. Yeah. And I'd like to challenge our listeners to um, whether it's with your tight, you know, network or girlfriends or someone like talk about the money, you know, talk about, you know, maybe how much it is that you're making at work and then how much you're saving or investing in your retirement. Um, and definitely, I love that you, you know, are mentioning about what you and your husband are doing because you got to talk to your partner, right? You can't, this is not a, um, you know, just stick some money in my sneaker to, you know, run out the door if I, you know, for an emergency, we're planning for the future. And so you're planning together. And, and even what you mentioned in the beginning, you can't fix one section because you might mix up 
another section. So things are connected. So that communication is key, you know, one with our friends and our circles so that, and not so much to compare and judge, but to learn and to realize that might open your eyes to something that, oh, I didn't think about that. I need to ask if we get that at work too, or is that a benefit that I could take advantage of? You know, so Definitely. I want to challenge everyone to talk to someone about your finances um, with your friends. You know, what are you doing? What are you making? How does it compare? Um, And, you know, whether we're in different industries or not, that just starting the conversation really gets those wheels turning so that you can try to think of your next steps. Yeah, absolutely. You know, my husband um, started working for a new company about three years ago. And I was saying to him, honey, um, you should see if there's a Roth option at your work. And he was just like, "Uh uh-huh, you know, and, and so I kept on saying, Hey, you need to see if there's a Roth option at your work for your 401k. And he kept on saying, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. And then somebody else at work said, Hey, you know, we've got a Roth option at your work. And so then he went out and said, oh, honey, he comes home. He's just like, oh, honey, there's a Roth option at your work. I think I'm going to switch to the Roth option at my 401k. And so there's all these things that um, people are able to um, to take advantage of if they know it exists, you know, yeah. and by having a friend, a colleague who has those sorts of things, then you can go back and talk to your human resources person to see Mm -hmm. if you have that option at your work. So I think that's really, really key and critical and is part of what gets discovered inside the um, do not talk rule. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh, well, I have a question for you. What is something that, (laughs) what is something that may be improper or improper misconception that people have had or that you notice that people may have when it comes to money or comes to what you do when you're coaching people about money? Oh, well, um, I've already talked about a couple of them. One is that they have to have X amount of money. Um, and, um, I think one of the, the things that people don't, uh, one of the things that I've noticed, let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I've noticed is they take a little advice here, a little advice here, and then a little advice here, (laughs) and then they're trying to implement it and they're not understanding how they, how they're thinking that this means diversification of, of advisors, diversification of assets, diversification, diversification, um, to be, so the gentleman who started talking about uh, diversification won a Nobel peace prize. He didn't take a little from here, a little over here and a little over here. (laughs) He's taking all of the knowledge and all of the science and he's putting it together in a very structured way. And I think that the, one of the things that if I could really encourage um, people to do um, is Mm -hmm. to just work with one person, take, listen to one person because then all of the advice and um, all of the guidance that you're getting is directed in the right direction for you. Mm. It doesn't have to look the same with each person you work with, but I would just have one voice in your ear when you're talking about your finances. Now it's, it's, I think there's nothing wrong with talking to your friends about it, but understand unless your friends are in the industry, they probably don't have the perspective and 
of what, what is also true is you're probably not giving them all your facts. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Most, <laughs> Maybe of, holding mo- them most of the things that you're telling them is just like, let me tell you a little bit about my finances and your friends will, you know, will give you their advice on that particular thing. But again, mm-hmm. they don't know the whole thing. So, I mean, the thing that I, I started with is I'm a financial coach and I'm a financial coach who looks at your situation comprehensively. So I'm going to look mm-hmm. at your what you're doing at work. I'm going to look at your social security. I'm going to look at your assets. I'm going to look at your life insurance. I'm going to look at your estate plan. I'm going to look at all of those pieces. Um, because yeah. I think that um, when we're when when you're putting together a plan, it really serves you to look at things comprehensively rather than piecemeal. Piecemeal is kind of what I talked about at the beginning, which means that you are you are you are working in this area and you might be breaking something over here. And I think that that's just mm-hmm. no good for you. Right. Yeah. No, that's great. I mean, because you you do want to know the full picture and what better way to do that than to like have someone who's listened and heard about the different sides and different things that you're doing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and the reality is not all, not all financial advisors look at your whole picture. Um, So again, I have a bias because I'm a certified financial and that's how I've been trained. And I think Mm -hmm. that, you know, working with a certified financial planner or at least somebody who will look at your entire picture is to your benefit. Um, They don't have to be a certified financial planner, but certified financial planners have just been trained that way. Okay. Yeah. So they can, so they will look at that whole picture. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's what we're trained to do. I mean, we have a, we have a six, six step process. And so with the six step process, you're going to look at, um, things comprehensively. So, mm-hmm. so I, you know, my, my bias is somebody who is certified, but again, it doesn't have to be certified. Somebody who's been in the industry long enough, who has seen some stuff will, um, mm-hmm. will have a perspective. And again, it's oftentimes better than doing nothing. So even if it's not what I would do, whatever they would recommend, it's still better than you doing nothing, waiting for the perfect time, the perfect opening, the perfect, you know, the kid to graduate, the the debt to be paid off, the, you know, the school loans to be paid off. Yeah, it's better to to do something rather than Mm -hmm. waiting for the perfect time. Yeah. Because there will always be something coming up. And like you say, there's never a perfect time. So the present is what we're looking at. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And present is is the best time and the only time that you can get started. So get started in the present, even if it's not perfect, it's better than no action. So I'm always, I always have a bias towards action. So Mm -hmm. if you ever talk to me, you're going to know that I'm going to try and get you to do something. So yeah. don't call me if you don't want to do anything. I'm not the one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Well, that's good to know, Felicia. That is definitely good to know. <laughs> <laughs> so can you tell us maybe um, any um, information that uh, you have um, coming up or any events or anything that you have coming up that we might want the listeners to know about? And then also, how can they get in touch with you? Absolutely. So um, the best way to get a hold of me is through my um, link, um, chatwithfelicia.com, chatwithfelicia, C-A, 
C H A T F E L I C I A dot com. So chat with Felicia will bring you into my calendar. But what I've got coming up, I'm really excited about. It's an eight week course that I offer for free, um, and it's a comprehensive finance. It's a comprehensive course where we talk about all sorts of uh, different aspects of financial. Um, of your finances. We do it for free and we do it as a benefit. We offer it three times a year. And um, there is a group of us uh, that are all inviting our clients into this particular uh, course. It's fantastic. I mean, I've just been getting all sorts of uh, comments about how great it what how great it is, and um, that would be the thing that I would direct you to. So we've got one starting in April. Then the next one will start in um, September, October. So go to chat with Felicia. You can find out about that course, or if you wanted mm -hmm. to just sit down and talk to me about your finances and you think that um, you would like to explore whether or not I'm a fit for what it is that you need, um, reach out to me at chatwithfelicia.com and um, get on my calendar and we can talk about, you know, possible next steps. But please know, that if you're calling me, you're going to be in action. <laughs> That's right. We're talking about action, Jackson. We want to have some, you know, movement yes. here. <laughs> oh, good. Absolutely. Well, Felicia, thank you so much for your time today and for um, talking with us about um, finances and about the different options and things that are out there. And definitely for sharing your information so people can reach out and talk to you. Um, and you, ladies, gentlemen, people out there who are interested in getting their finances in order and getting them to be in a healthy position, you know, so that they can help you. You want your money to help you work for you. Um, definitely consider reaching out to Felicia and even asking us some questions, put some questions um, in the chat and the comments, let us know what you're thinking. And uh, so we can get back to you. All righty. Well, good. Well, Felicia, thank you again. And I appreciate everything that you've done. All right. Well, thank you so much for having me be a guest on your show. And I hope that I gave your listeners something to think about. And let me invite you as listeners to be in action and stop, start talking about your money. Talk to people, mm -hmm. talk to your friends, talk to your family, talk to your husband. You know, I find sometimes between husbands and wives or partners, they're still not talking about money. So I'm really up to breaking up the conversation and the no talk rule um, in your household. So be in action. Reach out if you think that I might be a good fit or reach out to any other financial advisor that you kind of come across. It's better to um, there, there's that whole African proverb. Um, if you want to go uh, fast, you go by yourself. But if you want mm -hmm. to... Um, Oh, I, I messed it up the problem. You, you know far. the problem. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to go fast, go by yourself. If you want to go far, I guess you need a team. Or yes. you, know, you need, yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, something like that. So that, that, that's a good uh, proverb to, to, um, to finish it off with. If you really want to go far, you really want to have a team of professionals mm. um, are, um, surrounding you to help you go, um, go the distance. 
Well, as always, I want to leave our listeners with some um, just information. Thank you all for listening to Improper Mimi, where we talk about, you know, empowering women at home, work and play and having our money in order is definitely part of that empowerment. So I want you all to stay strong, keep telling black stories, share information. If you like this um, episode, then definitely let us know, give us a like, share it with your friends and family as well. And you can always find me at improperMimi.com. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks.